What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Hey, fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co host, the gentleman Elio Canella. Great to be here. And the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Pleasure as always. <laughs> so, guys, we have another week, another week of wrestling. We've survived. Uh, what was it called? Uh, New Year's Smash? Is that what New last Year's week's Smash. Was? New Year's yep. Smash. And so we got to look at number two. two. Night two tonight. Let's hope it's a little better than night one because little night one was a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. But it just, wow, I think when we look at it, uh, WWE NXT really kicked its ass last week in quality of matches. So uh, that, that was not even a close one. So let's hope this week is a little better. Uh, how you guys doing? Elio, first of all, wearing a red hat. What's that all about? Decided to be different. I'm always wearing the black hat. I decided to be different for once. It's, it's kind of like in tribute to the red running shoes that Tully Blanchard wears. When he comes up. Ooh. I thought you were being different. Was it the same kind of difference that gets you, like, I don't know, kicked off of Sean Morley's friend account? <laughs> not that kind of, okay, not that kind of a difference. Okay. Uh, Andy, how are you doing? <laughs> you look like you're another, another day in paradise. Another day in paradise. Edmonton? I don't know if that really counts as paradise. I guess if you're sitting in Calgary, it does. <laughs> Any kind of, sorry, any any chance to cut up Calgary? I'm in there. Exactly. That's good. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, you know what, folks? We usually have a little thing we call the hot topic. That's where we throw out some kind of uh, kind of concept idea that uh, probably is floating around in the heads of a lot of people. And this week was an interesting one because it deals with kind of the stuff going on in AEW slash uh, Impact at the moment, involving Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. And the question was that we wanted to know what you fans thought. If you thought that this whole angle was the precursor to an impact invasion, or was it simply in the end when all is said and done, basically we're just going to have the Good Brothers pop up on uh, AEW? So first of all, let's start off with uh, let's start off with Andy. What do you think is is going to come out of this, and and, and why? I, I think if anything, there's going to be more involvement with AEW towards Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, we've got the Good Brothers. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see a few, a few te- you know, a few of the members from the Impact roster show up on AEW. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that the, the, the weight that Impact carries would be enough to really it's not like we're looking at you know 20 years ago of like wwe wcw right they're definitely not on the same two levels no no and that's and i'm I'm not saying that to be disrespectful that's just my it's just honest yeah that's just what it is um so i don't know that 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 would mean much and actually now that we're talking about it i'm trying to remember like it's you guys, especially, I know Elio is better looking up numbers uh, than mm-hmm. I am. But I'm just, I've been kind of been wondering, kind of curious, like, have the numbers, have the ratings gone up that much on either show since this kind of crossover has happened? Well, you know what? Uh, on Impact, uh, they were usually doing around just over 100,000 per yeah. episode. 
And it went up, uh, the first uh, one or two episodes involving uh, Kenny Omega went up to about 150. Okay. Uh, absolutely okay. no difference uh, for... For um, Dynamite. For Dynamite. And it's good also to note our regular viewership of these shows. And when we say, when you say you're not trying to put them down and we're not, yeah. let's face it, is Impact is lucky to do 100,000. Okay. Right. Meanwhile, Impact uh, Dynamite is still around 750 to 800,000 regularly. Right. Yeah. So that's quite a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not a, not a level playing field for sure or uh, at all. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I could see some talent kind of going back and forth, mm-hmm. but uh, I honestly, I don't even see much of a, an, an AEW invasion into impact. I just think there's just going to be just talent. Just Omega. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's. I and have that's the rating for this Tuesday's show. Aha. Okay, what was the rating for this Tuesday? Because uh, there's going to be a Saturday's Genesis. Yeah, so this is the going show. It's a 0.04 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. That's the demographic. What's the overall viewership? Do you have that? 148,000 viewers. Yeah, still under 150, but still better than their average of just over 100,000. Okay, so but wait, isn't, wait. So but you said Genesis is on Saturday. What's, what's Hard to Kill? Wasn't Hard to Kill? Isn't oh, hard no. To kill the... I think that was on that was on the one they had just recently on the ninth. Yeah, you see, like uh, Impact has this thing where they just sort of name some of their stuff and put it on there. It's not really a yeah. different show like they used to be. Uh, yeah, but isn't that... oh, okay, so hard to kill. But that was the, that, that was the six man that just happened, right? That's what that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm back on track. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And plus, you don't really watch Impact regularly, no, so no. it's it's just words you're hearing secondhand from that AEW drops now and then, but so, yep. okay. So you figure that uh, in your opinion, that this will not be any kind of actual invasion and maybe we might see a tiny bit of crossover, but nothing yeah. really. And, oh, and what about the second part of that? Do you see the good brothers in the end uh, being regulars on AEW and not impact? The only thing I kind of wonder about that is it would, and I, and I, I roughly vaguely remember, um, Gallows and Anderson, when they were doing interviews about when they first joined Impact, uh, about that they would have a fair amount of leniency with their contracts, that they'd be mm-hmm. able to work, you know, New Japan and elsewhere. Right. So that, to me, that would be the biggest sticking point. So I don't know that to say that, you know, depending on how long their contracts are, mm-hmm. I don't know that they're going to, you know, disappear from Impact and, and be strictly AEW, at least not until mm-hmm. their contracts expire. I could see them being more of a regular player on mm-hmm. uh, AEW. But okay. you know, if, if they've got if they've signed like a two, three, four year deal mm-hmm. with Impact, then I don't, you know, to me they're going to be Impact because why why would Impact give give them up? Okay, fair enough. What do you think, Elio? Yeah, so the obviously the big focus here is the Omega and uh, Gallows and Anderson storyline. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be an invasion. I just think. We're going to see some general crossovers between the two brands. Like Andy was saying, the Gallus and Anderson, with their contracts, they can they seem to pop up wherever uh, they feel like ending up uh, at that present moment in time. Like they want to join Impact, they show up on Impact, they can show up uh, in another in MLW tomorrow, they can show up in uh, AEW tomorrow. So I, th- I don't think it's uh, going to there's gonna be any invasion. Okay. And uh, I, you know what, when I thought of this question, um, there was a lot of things I was keeping in mind is I have been following impact, maybe not weekly, 
but I've had a good look at it for the last couple of years. And uh, in my mind, first of all, yes, I do not believe there will be an invasion. I mean, it's pretty, pretty obvious. The Good Brothers were the only people who've actually stepped foot out of impact into AEW and vice versa. Kenny Omega is the only guy who's gone over to, um, to uh, impact. I don't think we're going to see any others. I really don't. Maybe, maybe, possibly, which could be interesting, is maybe Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Young Bucks down the road, some kind of thing, maybe. But even then, it doesn't really fit the storyline so much. Now, on that flip side, when I, I brought that up is, there is a few things we should look at. The Good Brothers have been in impact for quite a while. They have also only been champions for a little while. Um, in my mind, I was like, what does uh, AEW gain out of this? You know, Andy has been quick to point out the, the vast difference in uh, viewership, which in a way is influential power is the best way to look at it. When you look at it, AEW holds a six, seven times amount the, the, the influential power that Impact does. So obviously Impact gains a lot by having such, uh, you know, they have a, 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 a rival company that, that talks about them on a way bigger network with six times the fans. That's a big deal. Okay. Maybe seven, eight times the fans. So on the flip side of that, you say to yourself, well, what does AEW gain from this? What would they gain from it? Obviously impact can't pay them. They're obviously nowhere on the same uh, financial levels. And do we really think that fans who are at impact aren't watching AEW already? I, I, the, I'm pretty sure if you're watching Impact or AEW, you're watching Impact, or sorry, if you're watching Impact, you're probably more than aware of AEW. So in my head, I kept thinking, what kind of things uh, would AEW gain out of this? In my mind, finally, this is just all speculation, okay? But in my mind, what if uh, part of this whole thing is, you know, Impact gets all this extra exposure, which is doing what they're already getting bigger numbers for their thing, which is a pretty small network. I mean, uh, any other company might say, oh, wow, you know, 40,000 extra fans a week isn't a big deal. It is to Impact. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's a 30, 40 percent more people watching, you know. Uh, so what would they what would AEW possibly get out of it? What if what they get out of it in the end is the Good Brothers? I mean, uh, obviously, they have more money to pay these guys. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, the, uh, what did you say, Andy, about how they had the flexibility yeah, to go to other the companies. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, however, Japan now is super hard with the COVID being just as worse there. They just even, like, I believe a day or two ago announced that uh, uh, it's going to be extremely hard for foreign wrestlers not living in the country to appear for shows anymore for a while. So that, that cuts off that whole avenue right there, yeah. you know? Um, so what if that's just it? What if uh, the agreement is in the end, uh, they, they move the contracts over to uh, AEW? And it's a good thing because the, the truth of the matter, when you look in the last year, two years, since the Good Brothers have been there, it's only the last little while that they've even been used very much yeah. in any prominence. So I don't think Impact has a problem letting them go because they really don't have a way to package these guys. You know, they're a little bit too big for their britches. So in my mind, I see, uh, I see the good brothers ending up as full-time AEW guys. And uh, I don't see an invasion of any kind. And let's face it. Some of the, some of the, as, as cool as it see the good brothers that, yeah, they come up with their belts and they're 
they kind of dwarf the young bucks, right? But at the look at the flip side of this, uh, Kenny, you got Kenny Omega, right? Who may not be the biggest man, but he's a big name that people know across the world. Who's the Impact Champion? Did you know? I, I, I do know, yeah, respond, yeah, but <laughs> and, I, and I and I only know that because of the the interaction with the with you know the the six man there with the machine guns, right? And, yeah. So now, do you really think that Rich Swan? in most people's eyes can be put on the same level as Kenny Omega. I mean, people remember him as a mid heavyweight dude who flamed out in the WWE. Even, even similar, you know, kind of like since this whole thing has started where we're saying, uh, you know, since Kenny started coming to impact, it's like an extra 40,000 people. Right. Well, is Rich Swan going to bring 40,000 people? Yeah. No, those are 40,000 AEW fans (laughs) that never heard of impact coming over. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see 40,000. Uh, the, yeah. the only other thought, I mean, and, and I don't know how this would play out. I'm just trying to, th- as the more as the more you talk, the more I kind of think back to like other kind of like long-term things. And I don't know if it's going to come through as an invasion or as something else, but in, in the long run, maybe this is where uh, AEW picks up their second program. Oh, yeah, Ooh, that's an interesting thing too. I mean, there is the, the only problems I see with that, Andy, is the fact that, uh, you know, like, you look at AEW, they're owned by Tony Khan's uh, whole conglomerate there, right? Yeah. But, but then when you go on the flip side of uh, Impact, they're not owned by, like, one person. They're also owned by a conglomerate in Anthem Media. Right. It's kind of hard to get two conglomerates on this kind of thing to really coexist or to work together like that. Uh, yeah. And I don't really see Anthem really giving up. I mean, they seem to have really invested in Impact. I think... I think Khan's group would have to pay a lot of money and I'm not sure if this is the right time for them to pay a lot of money I mean they've had a first year again I said I said long term I'm not saying any time I'm not saying the next six months I'm not even saying the next year so I mean this could be something that you know Mm -hmm. if they maintain over the next couple years and and with his two conglomerates maybe this is something where down the line uh you know the Khan group says hey look like we'll give you 15 percent of AEW in exchange for for impact in that in that time slot i mean maybe it's yeah. not a second program maybe it's a third program or maybe mm-hmm. you know or maybe, a training ground yeah you know like AEW dark gets moved to to there something it's just yeah it's an extra it's an extra extra network outside their umbrella that gives them access to you know yeah and i can't really say to that i mean i like i said you're you're right i mean i just that's just my conjecture but who knows i mean we have seen in the past sometimes big companies bite the bullet and make some kind of arrangements too so it's not a hundred percent i mean it's unlikely but it's not impossible right and sometimes in the world of professional wrestling Sometimes you kind of bid on the impossible. That that seems to come out a lot more than the unlikely. Doesn't and that's it? hey, in, in the world of professional wrestling, anything is possible. That is true. That is true. So you know what, uh, fans, uh, we got you guys to to vote because we wanted to get an idea of what you guys thought about this. And you know what, forty three percent of you said you thought it would be an invasion angle. But a 57% of you thought it would just be in the end, the Good Brothers joining and, and not this kind of thing. So kind of pretty much the way we're kind of looking at it. I'm surprised it was so high that 43% uh, thought that. Um, I got to say, though, have you ever seen, Andy, any of the commercials that have been inserted with uh, Tony Schiavone and uh, Tony Khan uh, on Impact? Have you ever seen any of those yet? 
I, I have not. I mean, I read, usually I read the impact. Uh, okay. Like so you read it. There's... So I, yeah. So it's, I always get a little chuckle. That's why even as you, as you started to talk about it, yeah. like to me, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. So it's, I, well, I, it just sticks in my head. Like you even got like Tony Khan going, Hey, come watch AEW on a real network. <laughs> <You> know, yeah. <laughs> and he's not wrong. <laughs> but so, you know, even that makes me wonder because again, like they're, doing that and it's like okay I, I i'm assuming that's not just for kicks and giggles there's got to be a reason for it so what's the long-term play for that well in my mind you know like anthem actually owns the network they're on so right. so in my mind i'm thinking it's just recognition there's no such thing as bad publicity yeah so you know uh to have the president you know maybe they're hoping that those will be snipped out shown somewhere online people like oh, yeah. what is this network yeah because okay. i mean sorry oh no i just my other kind of thought is it like is this kind of along the lines of the uh, nwo commercials yes yes i think it's exactly along those lines it's all in parody it's all in you know yeah tongue-in-cheek uh, and, and fun and and everybody knows really what's going on there so yeah yeah gotcha all right you know what we're gonna switch over to a little thing that we like to uh a little thing we started called elite or delete all right and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a wrestler uh, i usually pick i you know i racked my head for a wrestler and I, and it wasn't like oh we're going to take a mainstay person on the roster in my mind it was like we should look at the wrestlers who are on there but maybe somewhat on the fringe and and wondering if you fans think they should be pushed more or should they just sort of be just come jobber guys and when we first one I picked, I thought this was the perfect one to start this off because we've seen this guy a few times on Dark. He's popped up every now and then on um, Dynamite, but he is a big name dude. He's a former WWE guy. He's been in Ring of Honor multiple times. He's a veteran of a lot of things. He does a lot of cool stuff, but it's a little bit hard to tell right now in AEW because it seems like they're very hesitant to do anything solid with him except job him out on Dynamite. And that, of course, is Matt Seidel. Now, I'm going to throw it off to Andy first. Andy, Matt Seidel, at this point of his career, at this age, at this time, is he a guy that uh, they should be investing in more so and make a part of the main roster and maybe uh, an ongoing character? Or is he fit in the, the, that role of where he's sort of the jobber guy, but he goes on to AEW to, to get wins and develop young guys and make when he does come up to Dynamite, make guys look good? To me, there, there's... My thing with, with him, and I mean, and I didn't see much outside of WWE. So, I mean, okay. to me, it was Evan Bourne. And then, yeah. you know, I would read, you know, things here and there. Um, obviously, tremendous talent. There's a lot that he can do. There's probably not much that he cannot do. Um, but the one thing that I kind of found lacking with him in WWE was personality, was character. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that would be my thing for him here. Like, if they're going to just leave him as is, mm -hmm. then I think then, then maybe he is kind of suited for the role of he's, you know, the mid-level guy with some credibility. Uh, he can help, you know, help develop guys, help guys shine. Um, if they can tap into his personality, if they can give him a character. I mean, we've talked before, a lot of times it's not just the, the guys, it's, it's the way they're booked, how they're presented. Mm -hmm. Um, but having said that, like, I've never seen a lot of, 
uh, entertaining character personality mm -hmm. from him. So if there's something in him that they can bring out with that and give him, you know, a, a decent story or a decent run to, to work with, mm -hmm. I, I'm all for, you know, elite. Okay. But if, uh, if it's, if he's just going to stay as is, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we've seen time and time again, wrestlers can do all kinds of moves. They can do all kinds of stuff, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to, they're going to draw. I mean, if that was, if that was the case and people said this, you know, for, for 20 years where, uh, and I'm going to use Ring of Honor as an example, although it's not a great example or necessarily a fair one. But you know, people for the longest time in, in the early the early years saying like, "Oh, like this wrestling is so much better than mm -hmm. WWE or WCW," but yet, you know, they didn't have the same characters, they didn't have the same story, uh, the mm -hmm. same platform. You know, like if, if if it was great, then the numbers would have been a lot better. They'd be even more successful. They'd be up there with WWE or yeah. surpassing. And they never were. They never. And, and they no. Never got no. close. And, and they and they and they never were. So that's. That's where, you know, I kind of, I kind of look at that being like, well, if we can, if you can find something within to make it work, something entertaining, mm -hmm. bring it on. I mean, if, if we, if we talk about uh, repackage Luchasaurus mm -hmm. and uh, give him another shot, then there's absolutely no reason why Matt Seidel shouldn't get another shot. Okay. Elio, what do you think about this? Your, your thoughts that, on you. I'm going to go with the elite because, um, in the WWE, he was main, mainly uh, put in tag teams, never really given a single push. So I think um, if they do if they do things right, they package him right, give him a character. I think he could do. I think he would be successful as a, on a singles run. Okay, well, in the beginning of his WWE career, though, wasn't he? package for quite a while as like airborne Matt Bourne yeah or, yeah even born yeah. or whatever no, he, he like, had quite the push then he only had like a but he was a one-time tag team champion yeah but that's after he got injured and then came back yeah. and then he started using um I'm gonna say this about um um <sighs> what's the best way to put this um Seidel okay first of all he he does have an amazing amount of, of uh, talent behind him he is not a very tall man. He's very small too. He's very thin. He's, you know, I, I'm sure if you ran into him, you might never have guessed this was a guy who would do all kinds of crazy things, right? Uh, body wise, he's, he's just a normal sized guy. He's also a little bit up there in age now, you know, as a professional wrestler. And um, it seemed like he was get, going to be given a last chance a little while ago with New Japan. And I don't know if you guys remember what happened there, but New Japan was bringing him in they had the ideas of uh, using him and he got caught with marijuana at the airport and deported from the country and had a whole bunch of legal problems for a while, which leads me to believe that this could honestly be sort of his last kind of gasp where AEW is kind of like, you know what, you know, we could probably use you to help develop guys. You know, we've seen this a lot, uh, especially in women's wrestling, where we've talked about this, where people get to a certain, even though they don't look that old or even though they don't seem that old, uh, they're all of a sudden put into a mentorship or a trainership sort of deal. Um, I think he's a talented guy. Yes, I don't think because um, like the funny part is we've talked about most of the guys in the AEW, they look small compared to WWE guys. And 
Matt Sedell looks even smaller than the AEW guys. So that leads me to think that I don't really think I see him as an upper tier guy at all. I don't see him. I don't see him cracking the dynamite roster, to be honest. They haven't really given him any kind of character. I mean, he just does this kind of crap where he's pointing at his head and saying, open your mind. I don't know if that's drug references or whatever that is, but it's not a character. And I don't see, I mean, you got guys like uh, uh, Scorpio Sky struggling <laughs> to get up to yeah. dynamite. You know, you've got Sean Spears struggling to get up and i trust me i would pick those two guys now in a main in 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 a a bigger show to be much more of a realistic contender uh i have nothing against this guy i watched him for years matt sadal i've seen him for years uh in roh Uh, i wasn't the biggest wwe fan because i could see what he did in roh and i like that more but that let's face it andy made one hell of a great uh a point here yeah, you can say, oh, this is so much better wrestling, da 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 da. But in the end, that's kind of a niche thing. It seems there are there are ten times more people who want a storyline and one or two flash things in a saying than want to sit down and watch thirty minutes of straight up balls to the wall wrestling. Yeah, you know. And uh, as much as you may be the fan to think, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. We're not the people that's bringing the money in for the WWE. So your, your chances are you're the diehard that's going to be watching no matter what. Yeah. You know, you're always going to be there. And, and, and it's funny. I mean, when you could take an ROH uh, disc for when they're wrestling in an armory or in a high school gymnasium and try and t- say that that's on par with the WWE, you're probably way more of a fan of actual wrestling holes <laughs> than the average fan. So um, I don't want to, this is what I hate about, uh, and let's be very clear about elite and delete. Uh, delete does not mean fire. Delete does not mean, oh, this guy's garbage, get rid of him. I mean, I'm sure we're going to come across a few people who are going to rile us enough where we're going to say, get rid of him, Dr. Luther. But, um, <laughs> and Matt Hardy, <laughs> the delete of the delete. <laughs> oh, no, but, I, keep, I keep Matt Hardy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll make a great manager. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but I would say this, delete in the sense of, uh, let's make it this for, unless we specifically say, so delete means you're, you're in the dregs of dark. <laughs> That's where you're going to stay, whether it's helping guys or losing. And maybe once or twice, you'll get pulled up to the roster to make someone look good. That's what I think that Matt Sedell is delete. Okay. I don't think he has that. And, and Andy's then, and, and only Elio seems to think that he's going to be able to crack the main roster sometimes. So show us wrong, Elio. We, we're, we're, we're here, you know, we're not a hundred percent dicks about it it'd be awesome if the guy could be awesome tomorrow we came up with a character he's obviously got the chops but it's been a lot of years and it hasn't happened so don't see it happening now now let's go to some of the comments that we have uh there are a lot of fans who wrote in about this a lot of people invested in Sidel. you want to start off elio and we'll go across and read some of the things we'll go elio uh andy mean we'll just kind of rotate through them okay so josh sanders who's that Oh, nothing. <laughs> so, Josh says he's like the Dolph Ziggler of AEW, but I honestly thought he was Evan Bourne when I first saw him. But he has potential to be like a several time TNT champion, but maybe like a one time AEW champion. So he's a lot like Evan Bourne, huh? <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, Andy, what do you got? <laughs> you know what? Actually, I will say, and I was, I was going to say this for depending on one of the comments here. Yeah. I would rather see. Matt Seidel as the TNT champion than mm-hmm. Darby Allen. 
Oh, but he doesn't like tattles. Anyways. <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Uh, All right. Wow. I've got off one of the things here. I've got uh, Simon Wheeler says, I love what Seidel can do. Always been a fan of his. So I imagine that's an elite. Yeah. I, now, uh, James Kinney and Daniel Scogaletti say delete with uh, full caps from Daniel. Yeah, he's emphatic a whole bunch of that. excellent. Yeah, he's pretty emphatic about that. All right, uh, Ilio. Uh, Eli Flores says, Elite. I think he just hasn't had time to shine. Okay. All right, Mr. Brad Crawford. If there is a delete list, there are many others that would go before him. And I think that's kind of along the lines of my, you know, my comparison to Luchasaurus. If we can, yep. uh, you know, elite him, then we can definitely elite Seidel. So, Brad, I would agree with you there. All right. Uh, Eli Flores says, Elite. I think I just heard that yeah. Oh, did you just say Eli? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I did Brad, and then now you're on to Nelson here. Don't you have your own list, Elio? All right, (laughs) Nelson Cruz. He has a great talent and really quick acrobatic skills. I say two thumbs up, elite. Well, this isn't the circus, though, Nelson, so acrobatics. Anyways. Talk about acrobatics. We could talk about superstar Bill Dundee and being in the uh, circus. Before joining the wrestling, that's right. Mm -hmm. Then we have Sean McGeary. He says, I like him. Always enjoy watching his matches, elite. All right. Okay. And uh, Mr. Rick Heimbach, he's okay. So I, I'm not sure if that's an elite or delete, yeah. but uh, he's that okay. That sounds more of a delete. Yep. If he's okay, that's kind of heading delete territory, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, do we have any other comments? Is that it? That's the other comments. That's what I, I got, yeah. I thought you had some comments on our regular page, too. I did, from Sorry. Josh Sanders. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Uh Interesting, and let's look at those numbers right now. So the numbers are telling look me... The, look at the, look at the numbers. Go into the Wayback Machine. Clunk in, carry the four. Hold on. Four, five, I have six, the numbers here. Uh, I'm not listening to you, Elio. <laughs> All right. It seems 93, 93% say elite. Wow. 7% said delete. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, like I said... I've always liked Matt Sedell. I'm just trying to be more of a pragmatic realist, but maybe I'm wrong. And I I would love to be proven wrong in this one. I really would. You know, I'd really like Sedell to go. I just don't see it. And uh, wow, I can't believe that number. Anyways, so (laughs) fans, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we are going to go into uh, AEW Dynamite. We're going to take a deep look at what was this thing called? New Year's Smash? New Year's Smash. Night two. two. Um, want to let you fa- fans know that uh, this show is part of our uh, WPOV Wrestling Network. And that involves a couple other shows. This show you're hearing, of course, is the Global Show, which uh, shows up uh, usually in your greedy little hands on the Friday. Uh, it involves me, Elio, and Andy. Then... You have WPOV Wrestling, which drops on Saturdays. That's hosted by Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, and some traitorous scumbag named Elio Von Eric, or is it Lance Von Canella? Whatever. Some, Whatever. Some... I, I, you know what? I think it's a Canellas anyways. That, that's yeah, on that he's show. definitely a Canellas, and Maria won't even take his calls. No. Nope. Um, 
So yeah, we got that guy. And then uh, we also have another show called WPOV Quarantine, which involves uh, me, Andy, and once again, I don't know why we let that traitor's douchebag in, but there's this guy, I'm not going to name him. It's like he but, produces uh, the show or something. Yeah, Jesus. You know, he, he hits record and we keep him. All right. Anyhow. I'll clear this room right now. <laughs> yeah, good luck with doing Dynamite by yourself. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we we joke though. But, uh, we or do we? Uh, that show sh- shows up every Tuesday, uh, and then we also have a show that comes up after big events, uh, mostly WWE big events. Uh, it's called Aftermath, WPOV Aftermath, and that's where just a couple of us, what a re- iteration of whatever hosts are available. We watch it and uh, we just talk about that night right after the things that we saw and what we thought about it and if we liked it or not. And just give you guys a little bit of sampling of uh, kind of uh, where we're seeing things right now. So you can find all of these shows on the network you're listening to, but there are other networks too. There are Podbean, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, MySpace, uh, GeoCities, uh, AOL, um, and uh, I don't know, I think something else forever better podcasts are found (laughs) wait how did we get on there anyhow (laughs) we slipped in the back door which we're probably to do girls anyhow i'm hey uh elio if somebody wanted to write in and say how magnificent andy's beard is or (laughs) how how nice and shiny my head is or how much of a traitor scumbag uh elio von eric is uh where would they write in so you can write it to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. And now, folks, this is the most exciting part of the program, where I dig, dig into my mystic ball and I channel the spirit of Don West and I throw him into Andy Anderson's body. And now we're gonna hawk some T-shirts, kids. Andy, is there T-shirts available for WPOV Wrestling or even Global? Well, TJ, I'm glad you asked. Wrestling fans, wrestling WPOV fans, if you want to get yourself a t-shirt, maybe two, maybe three, heck, get all four. Head on down to prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling WPOV, where you can get one of four fabulously designed wrestling WPOV t-shirts. That's right, TJ. For the low, low price of $19.95 US dollars, each, you can get one of these t-shirts for your very own. Heck, get one for your mom. Get one for your dad. Get one for your mom's dad. It doesn't matter. We don't care. Just buy a t-shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash wrestling WPOV. Back to you, TJ. Well, thank you, Don slash Andy. But I think it's WPOV Wrestling. <laughs> I don't actually hear it right. Did you I got it right. Yeah. Yes. yes. Thank you. Don't listen to me, folks. I've been drinking. Don't listen again. to him. Yes. Don't ever listen to him. <laughs> don't listen to this. Okay. Anyhow, folks, we're gonna take that break. When we get back, we're getting straight in to what the hell are we doing? Just kidding. Dynamite. dynamite. <laughs> Wait. Say we never hear Elio say dynamite. Elio say dynamite like you mean it. Not that wussy ass crap you do over on dynamite. TV. Okay, I'll buy that. Whoa, g'day, mates. WWE Hall of Famer here, Bushwhacker Luke, and I'm on WPOV Global. Hey, folks, we're back. 
Uh, well, you know what? El uh, Elio hasn't been killed for being the traitor's bag that he is. So let's yeah. go on with this show. <laughs> still young. Yeah, the show is young. And uh, luckily, we are in Canada and we do have money. All right. <laughs> let's take a look at uh, tonight's AEW uh, New Year's Smash. What do you, first of all, New Year, what do you guys think of New Year's Smash? Is this a good name, dumb name? How are you feeling about that? What do you think, Andy? Is this a good name, dumb name? I, I don't mind it. Um, okay. but like my thing, like for me, the only thing about it is, and, you know, all things considered because of the past with Brody Lee and things getting pushed back, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that midway through January that we need to be doing New Year's Smash. Yeah. Maybe just could have been Smash. Would that have worked? I don't know. Well, um, maybe not. <laughs> they, they, I'm sure they could have come up with something else. It's so, you know, it seems like it's not that difficult to come up with uh, theme nights. And um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have an issue with the name. I just, middle of January, nah. Okay. I don't mind. Okay, well, let's start off with today's show. You know, you know what? I'm going to say right off the hop, we have bitched about uh, in the past where one of AEW's biggest failings is to bring people up to speed when major things are going on, when it's a resolution of a feud, sometimes it seems like they expect that you should know it or that you should go and watch Being Elite or you should watch Dark or they don't take into account that maybe you're just turning on the first time and you're wondering who the hell all these sweaty, swarthy men are and why they're trying to beat each other up wearing only their pajamas. Well, you know what? AEW actually tonight did a couple times some packages that I'm going to say were right on par with WWE, who I have always enjoyed when they make packages to explain things because uh, these packages are interesting. They're well edited. There's great music. And I come out of there with the knowledge. If I didn't know who this was, I got a pretty good idea of why, you know, guy A wants to beat the crap out of guy B or whatever, you know, uh, they had one of these to start off with uh, explaining the, the whole situation with uh, Eddie Kingston uh, worming his way into uh uh, with Penta and uh, Phoenix while Pack was gone. And then the fall away with this and these sort of things. And it's sort of funny because seeing it in this package now, you got to give props to the writers or, you, or if it's just Eddie. But just the little things we were seeing him do when put together in a package now looks brilliant. The looking yeah. over at the camera and winking. The every now and then smile. The things made it perfect. Looked like a, it was well put together. Uh, which doesn't always happen in wrestling when you're putting stories together. So we start off with this match of uh, Eddie Kingston taking on Pac. Eddie Kingston, of course, comes out with Butcher, Blade, and Bunny. Uh, meanwhile, Pac comes out with the Lucha Brothers, and we get ourselves a fight. Um, I'm going to say it was an interesting fight to start off with. A lot of uh, Pac does a heck of a lot of those shotgun uh, drop kicks where he kind of like, boots you across the freaking ring, yeah. you know, that kind of run thing that, you know, Briscoe used to do. Uh, looks great. He did that a lot. It was an interesting start. It was like all, um, it was all packed for the first like half of this match. Eddie just took a heck of a beating. Uh, then you always, I get the thing. This will probably come a deal later, but I get the idea of using Bunny as that kind of foil who can upset things but then nobody can do anything about it. I mean, you can't go and punch Bunny if you're one of the Lucha Brothers out there and you see her, like, scratching the eyes of Pac, right? Which happened in this match. Um, so that is frustrating, and that does its job. 
you know, that was well done. Uh, so this match, it goes to a pretty good uh, back and forth near the end, ends up with Pac getting a tremendous win with the Black Arrow. Uh, anything you want to say about this match, Andy? I didn't have any specific notes. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, okay. You said it was a good fight. I, I agree. And it was for something that was for a long time coming. So to me, kind of the, the story there made sense. Uh, Pac finally getting his hands on Eddie, the one-on-one made sense that, you know, he was giving him the good beat down and kind of, I think with a, a if we had a, a bigger crowd, more of a crowd, you know, you'd be able to get that mm -hmm. sense of we're all behind him. Like finally he's getting his hands on this guy. Um, I thought it was a good showing by both guys and it, yeah, it, Good match, solid match, solid opener. Anything you need to throw in, Elio? Yeah. No, I was, I was uh, fine with this match. I, it was, I thought it was a good opening match, and I really liked that video package at the beginning. Mm. And it was kind of, I'm sorry, guys, but it was sort of a, a refreshing change not to have another multi-tag team match yeah. as the opener, or the Young Bucks as the yeah. opener. You know, it was a nice uh, change up. I'll give you that. Uh, I really did. I should have mentioned something. There was a tiny little interview at the beginning with Eddie Kingston. Still love the intensity this guy delivers. You know, he doesn't seem like he's this produced, okay, go up there and pretend sort of deal. Yeah. He's basically like, give me the camera. I'm going to say this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that about him. Um, this is the only thing I didn't like about this. And I get it that you're starting trying to keep uh, Lance Archer, in, you know, in the mix, but it's just so vague of what he's doing. He comes in and sort of runs off Butcher and the Blade and those guys, but then turns around and starts bitching out Pack and then leaves. I, I, for me, it's just like, it's not strong enough to continue the story for me. I need a little bit more of what's really going on here. I don't know, how, how, what do you think of that? Am I off the boat, off the reservation on this one or? I, I don't think so. It's. <sighs> You know, you're trying to intertwine stories. Sometimes you worry about doing too little. Sometimes you're doing too much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, is this something that uh, intrigues you or is it something that just ends up being convoluted? And mm -hmm. I, I think that's... I felt convoluted. But yeah, yeah, and that, that, that's what I say. It almost kind of leans a bit towards that. Like, it, it, I can see something when there's kind of like warring factions, but when you've got mm -hmm. kind of two factions and then one guy a single guy yeah yeah and i mean and he's a big guy like i'm not taking that away from him yeah. but still you know when you've got yeah you know three in this group and you've got another three or four in this group so well, and there's a, there's also the fact that this isn't the first time he's done this so it's not like it's an intrigue start this is like the second or third week where they've had lance archer kind of just bitch out pack and leave yeah so i don't know yeah I don't know. <laughs> you're right it, it's it's a little bit convoluted I, i'm gonna go with that too um, then they go straight into the next match really quick of, uh, Chuck Taylor <laughs> against Miro. And first of all, I want to preference this by saying this is poor, uh, setup writing. So this was a match already announced to us, already assigned, but then <clears throat> Miro goes and throws a stipulation, which I'm sorry, Chuck Taylor has to be the stupidest guy in the world because he agrees to a stipulation that if he loses, he's going to be uh, like the, the young boy or butler for Miro for a while. But if he wins, he gets absolutely nothing. <laughs> there's, there's no upside yeah. for this. Uh, for me, I thought that was pretty dumb. And I really thought it exposed how uncomfortable last week Chuck Taylor really is on the mic trying to verbulate yeah. 
And he was like, yeah, okay, sure. I don't care. I just want to get this done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he was almost like, maybe that's not a shoot. Maybe he was just like, I don't want to be on camera. I just want this done. Maybe. Um, so the match starts. Uh, holy crap, Miro finally looks good. Yeah. We finally see him uh, do some stuff in here. Um, very surprised. I got to say 100% surprised that Chuck Taylor got so much offense in in the beginning. I mean, he got a lot of stuff in before he slipped up. Yeah. And that surprised me. Um, but, but having he, said that, can I just make yeah. a point to yeah, that? Though, because just uh, yeah. the th- at least with that, though, the mm-hmm. offense, for the most part, the offense he was getting is mm-hmm. he was kind of like outsmarting out. You know, he was being just a little moving bit away a lot. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't just him being dominant. It was. Right. Yeah, he was it was that extra, you know, that extra move out of the way, extra this out of the like that to me is a little bit different than just, OK, I'm going to jump on your house of fire. Yeah. Do you know what uh, my favorite part of this whole match was? Can anyone guess the one thing I love the most that I just made me go, yeah, in this whole match? Orange Cassidy? (laughs) Nope, not Orange Cassidy, but it involves someone else. Any ideas? I loved it when uh, Chuck Taylor kicked Sabian right in the face (laughs) as he was walking by. (laughs) Just because it looked like he didn't even see it coming. Yeah, that (laughs) was funny. (laughs) <laughs> and plus Kip Sabian. I mean, you cannot get yeah. enough of kicking kick Kip Sabian in the face. Uh, Anyways, carry on. I, yeah, sorry. Yes. Carry on. I just... <laughs> Miro, finally we got to see a very explosive main event looking here. Yep. This is a Miro that we've been waiting to see. Yes. What do you guys think of the whole look? Uh, I like the, the shorts. The yeah. Yeah. presentation looked good. Um, one thing... Uh, and I know, I know, as soon as I saw that coming, like, Andy is going to pop for the finishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain, Andy. <laughs> Just, I mean, you know, he uses his uh, his version of the camel clutch and, and being an Iron Sheet guy. It was nice. I was actually surprised uh, that that was the finished. I was, I was oh, really? surprised to see him tap. Yeah. That, I just, that, you know, sorry. Because with the stipulation, I didn't expect to see it just happen like that. I thought maybe there'd be a little more skullduggery or something. Yeah. So for you know, for a heel, especially in a stipulation match like this, to kind of just pretty much just make him tap out, like, wow, like that is kind of young boy, you know, young boy ish of uh, of Chuck Taylor. So he should have been the Boston Crab if he wanted to go young boy. <laughs> a single RLA Boston Crab. Man, but uh, yeah, no, it. Uh, I, I didn't mind the beginning of the match because, like I said, it was it was him kind of always uh, outsmarting Miro a little bit, getting the mm-hmm. you know the one up on him that way. Uh, Miro looked great, and to me, it's not like the you know he's not the the, the best man, Miro. To me, it's like mm-hmm. and just just because I think Elio just said it. To me, he should be main event Miro. Yeah, when he's like that. He's main event Miro. So that, that to me, that should be the hashtag. That should be his thing. Um, yeah, I, it, I'm curious to see where this goes. It should should provide some entertainment because, mm-hmm. you know, if he's going to be his butler now or or whatever it is. Yeah. How's that going to go? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now I'm going to use a term right here that if you ever play Dungeons & Dragons or any kind of role-playing game, I'm, I'm going to do right here a thing, but you've heard of this. It's called metagaming. And metagaming is where you forget the actual game and you talk about the behind the scene. And right now I'm going to metagate and ask you guys a question here. Who was the winner in tonight's match, in this match? Like, really, in the metagame sense, beyond the norm, who was the actual winner in tonight's match? Who won most? 
who got more out of the win? Who got more out of the match? Yeah, who who got more out of the out of how this went? I'm going to say Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Do you know why? Because uh, now we're going to see Chuck Taylor every week on TV yeah. with character development, which yeah. he sorely needs. And he's going to get the exposure he would not have gotten wrestling. Because yeah. let's face it, he is not the best singles wrestler. He's an okay tag guy, but he's not that great of a singles wrestler. <laughs> and uh, this is a chance for him to develop some stuff. I think he really... You know, Miro looked good too. Miro was definitely one of the winners. He came out looking like the main event Miro, but uh, Chuck Taylor got a bone thrown to him, which yeah. he might not have gotten. No, I mean, and that probably also has to do with with uh, uh, what's his name being out. Yeah, no, that's totally. Yeah, you know, totally. like one thing though, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know, this might be just me, and it's it's happened a couple times with Chuck Taylor. Yeah. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And today it was like just one of those moments where I wasn't thinking about it. And okay. I think this is how I, how I discovered it with the jet black, short, dark hair uh-huh. with the black tights and, and the black, you know, sleeveless yeah. t-shirt. Chuck Taylor reminds me of a poor man's or a smaller version of uh jbl when he was in the apa <laughs> that's because of the arm thing yes. and the arm thing it's just a black and just like he's like a shorter yeah. like a smaller version of bradshaw oh now you're going to be nicer because sometimes he reminds me of like a ups driver gone mad or something like <laughs> it seems like he's wearing an ugly uniform that's faded out instead of wrestling gear <laughs> um i was just looking at him and i know like uh he's a bigger taller guy and I'm looking at his arms. I'm thinking, dude, you're a wrestler. Like, why don't you work out your arms a little bit? Because you've got some pretty skinny little pencil arms for a big dude. And wearing that JBL figure across there does not make him look any bigger nope. at all. And we're not trying to dump on him. It's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. No, like I said, for me, it's one of those things where, like, over several weeks, it's like I see him. It's like he reminds me of somebody. It's like I yeah. this look. There's something there. There's something there. And then today I was just like acolytes to jbl yep. bradshaw whatever and it's like yep that's it that's dude it. i'm now i'm gonna be stuck with that in my head and i never saw that till now too now it's it's you're I can't welcome see that i can't mm-hmm. unsee that uh next is the first time i started to groan in the show private party matt hardy in the back doing an interview and it's not even a week and already <laughs> the private party has had it with <laughs> their manager they haven't even wrestled for him yet once and they've had it with his bullshit. Uh, come on, Andy, what did you think of this? <laughs> I, I got to be honest. Uh, I had gotten a phone call when I was mm-hmm. watching this, and I I, I, I muted it. Yeah, you missed this part. I ended up going back. I just back, I was like watching facial expressions, as like you know, as as I was on the phone, and it's like I could tell they weren't happy, and and Matt looked like he was upset, and so I I can't really comment to this. To me, it just it seemed like a these guys were thinking one thing, and he's and it was like him being like. I'm the I'm the manager. I'm the boss. Do as I'm told. Do as you're told. Okay. That, is that oh, what it was? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was uh, what, part of the show where I started, like you know, I was I was like started groaning. I'm like, oh no. The, the Matt, then when they, the the Matt Hardy brand, I'm like, and the first thing that popped into my head was oh the Robert Stone brand. <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay. this one that. Uh, yeah, it's one of those points. One of the things that bothers me about wrestling at times 
is wrestling sometimes tries so hard to be realistic. So uh, that, well, I just have a question. Yeah. So are private party faces and parties a heel or? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I, I wanted to say this is wrestling tries some, sometimes so hard to incorporate what they think is reality. But in sometimes doing it, they go to the unrealistic. Okay. Uh, what I'm getting to at in this interview uh, was when uh, they start complaining about how they had given up 30% to Matt Hardy, right? And this is supposed to be that whole thing of in the real world, there are contracts. Okay. But then when Matt Hardy turns around and says, hey, you didn't, you failed to read all that. That's your fault. That doesn't happen in the real world. If you get screwed over in a contract, you can always take that contract to litigation and go, look, I got screwed over here. And there will be a change in it. Nobody signs. It isn't Satan. You don't sign on the line and now you're fucked for eternity. That doesn't happen. You know, but <laughs> wrestling trying so hard to be realistic, being totally unrealistic with Matt saying, well, you should have read that in there before you signed it was kind of dumb. Uh, basically, Andy, it came down to they were upset of the fact that they have to give 30% of their wages now to Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy says, I'm going to make you guys millionaires. 30% is nothing. Now, you'll do what I say, so shut up and go and do my matches now. And they grumbled and looked at each other and walked away. <laughs> just, just, just dumb. Just dumb. Um, and for some reason, Matt Hardy dressed like that looks like he belongs <laughs> in Night at the Roxbury. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the friend of those two idiots in the car. He's got uh, the he's got the James Mitchell look when he was in TNA with the, the red shirt. The face the, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, next, another. Okay. First of all, I want to address this part. Inner Circle comes out. I'm not sure what he did, but Jericho sure didn't look as bloated and as horrible as he did. Uh, yep. He. Was it the, did he get himself in a bit of shape or did he just find the right t-shirt to make it look great? But he looked like a, he looked like a good Chris Jericho, like you, yeah. you know, you would have thought. And, and so that was good to see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he comes out um, and just this, you know, for a guy who's supposed to be one of the smartest guys in the room, Jericho portrays himself as such a dummy here as he lets um, MJF kind of worm around in right in open view of him. And just sort of take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What as he sucks up to guys. We get this, uh, we get this sort of dumb uh, they're gonna do their resolutions of the year. What are they gonna do for the year? Hager jumps out and starts mumbling, like it's like you know he, Champions. You know, you know he looked funny. in a mirror for like a half hour and practiced <laughs> whatever. It was worth ran it. Into it. it was worth it. That was making the most of the time you're given, man. Making the most of the time you got the microphone. That was good. So then um, Jericho turns around and says his resolution is that him and MJF are going to win the tag team belts, which really always blows me the way since you already have an established tag team as part of your, your entourage <laughs> and another guy who you've teamed with quite regularly. Yeah. And it was pretty funny because Sammy Guevara kind of lost it and started calling. What do you call him? Uh, uh, a tag team whore. This is awesome because this is, but it's all legit because it's just as you're starting to say this, yep. that's what it, because even for me, even when they were doing the sex gods, it was like, yeah. what about Santana and Ortiz? And exactly. so this, this whole thing was legit. Yep. So um, they decide that they, uh, Jericho has decided now, you know, we had Hager and uh, Wardlow. 
get some steam off them by fighting yeah. each other. The next week, they're going to have a three-team kind of, I don't know what you call it, scramble match, whatever, yeah. where the winning team will be like the dominant team, okay? The contenders um, for the tag titles. Yeah, yeah. and then, well, in their branch, they're gonna, yeah. that team is going to represent inner yes. circle for, for now going forward. Uh, you got to wonder, poor Wardlow won a match, doesn't get to be a tag team with anybody. <laughs> Nobody likes him enough, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I'm not even sure where to go with this one. Although I 100% before uh, Chris Jericho made the joke, I caught the whole uh, Sammy Hager thing. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I popped up for that one. And then when yeah. Sammy, Sammy's like, why is that so funny? <laughs> yeah. That made it even funnier that played he it, get... played it so well. <laughs> Sammy Hager, like you're serious. <laughs> Somewhere crusty old Sammy Hager is drinking his own wobble cobble tequila going, fuck yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah, you're getting a mention on TV, but it, and it, and it works so well just because Sammy being so young, right? Like yeah, yeah, oh. well, which is also an insult to poor Sammy Hager, knowing uh, that nobody under the age of thirty knows who the fuck you are. Well, Sam, even do you think under twenty-five? I mean, because what's Sammy? I, I think like, Sammy's about thirty almost. He's is he like that old? Yeah, he just has a baby face, man. He's I think he's been around. I could be wrong. But I uh, he was younger, okay. I'm yeah, check the check. Google machine. But I thought yeah. he was around. I thought he was around twenty-seven, maybe. Well, if you're, I have no problem, Sammy Guevara. Um, anyways, well, they're checking that out. Um, so yeah, twenty-seven. You are correct, sir. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I, I figured. I, I remember them 30. saying he has, he has, he has this sort of younger, way younger looking face. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, what do you guys think? Is this? How does this further the story? How does? I, I'm trying to figure out what the heck. The, I don't get it. I'm just saying I don't get what's going on here. I mean, I just uh, thought it was uh, funny for that, that that one spot. Okay, but the whole idea of these three The whole idea, uh, yeah, I don't know where they're going to go with this. You know, it's Andy? it's something different. I don't mind it. Okay. Uh, just, be, just because sometimes, you know, we go, okay, well, something different. Like, ah, this one's kind of, yeah, this is that. I, I don't mind this. And I'm, to me... I'm also going to assume that this is going to further along just the general story of the inner circle, whether there's dissension, whether, you know, maybe this is another example of making the things more solidified among the group. So okay. it, it, it intrigues me enough that I want to see where they go with this. All right. Well, I'm picking that uh, somehow in the end of this uh, Santana Ortiz win. Who do you guys pick? I'm going Santana Ortiz too, just because to me it's, the, the, the legitimate Legit. team in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Santana Ortiz are the only legitimate team in this group. Unless they introduce Wardlow and the Invisible Man as the fourth. Well, I, I'm wondering if like maybe or maybe something will happen where in the heat of everything maybe MJF kind of helps them. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a breakdown some somehow and then MJF sucks up to... Yeah smooth it but like oh like eddie kingston winking at the camera you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and what do you guys think of the okay we're not cool enough to do the too sweet let's all put our middle fingers in together and then aim it towards the camera the new inner circle hand gestures 
Well, but they've been—it's not new. Cause, I mean, they've been doing that for a while. If you, if you it's just look. dumb, though. Oh, I'm—I'm I'm not saying it's not dumb. I just—it's yeah. not new, but it's just no, no. Like, but it's today's the first day they've actually talked about it. Yeah, uh, to me, yeah. you know, you guys are smart, creative guys. Do better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do better. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we go on to the Dark Order backstage, um, celebrating uh, Brody Lee, and then asking. They're, they're going to team next week with Adam Page, and then they want Adam Page to give them the answer next week if he's going to join them. And as I'm watching this, all I can think of is, all Brody Lee aside, what the fuck happened to the inner circle? Now they're just a bunch of... You mean Dark uh, Order? Or Dark Order, sorry. Of the Dark Order. Now they're a bunch of schoolgirls fawning over, oh, will Adam Page join us? I think he will. Well, come on, John <laughs> Silver's pretty funny. You know, he's funny, but I he's mean... He's awesome. <laughs> this whole group is kind of sad right now maybe maybe they've lost some direction maybe they need some direction and i you know what as much as i like and you like john silver uh i think it's very unfortunate that um the other bald guy uh grayson and him look so much kind of alike but Mm -hmm. they're so different that it's it might be hard for people that aren't super big fans to differentiate the two of them because they're just too much physically alike you know but they're nothing alike when they actually compete. Yeah. And they both do what they do very well. Yeah. So I kind of almost wish one of them wasn't there and wasn't something else, just as getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, wow. Where do you guys think the Dark Order goes from here? Like right now, what did you get coming out of this? Like, I mean, Adam Page, is this is this really the answer? Is this just another? I don't know. I, I, at the very least, I think, you know, they're they're not just simply dropping what they were doing because of what happened. Mm-hmm. So if they're following through on this, cool. I is Adam Page the answer? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll give it to him. And if this is just me being more positive or being a little extra uh, accommodating, I I've, you know I like the Dark Order. I I'm curious to see what happens. You know, I, I was starting to like the Dark Order and I was getting in on their stuff, but just seeing them today, it was just for me so sad. I mean, you have some of the guys who have some stuff going on, you know, Reynolds and Silver, obviously, and yeah. Uno and Grayson. But then you've got Cole Cabana just side of standing in the back. You got Anna Jay sitting higher than everybody, just kind of. It, it's just, what, what, what's, what is the motivation for Cole Cabana to be there? Why is Anna Jay hanging out with these guys? Why, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get the guys, I get the mask dudes who really don't have anything else going on because at least this is their identity. Yeah. But it just seems like, this group has no, whew, this is, they just have no reason. Direction. Yeah, yeah, direction or reason. And I mean, they, they had that great opportunity as they talked about Brody Lee. I mean, this could have been, I think it could, they could have turned it more to make it now that they were going to be serious. And we're going to dedicate ourselves to Brody Lee. And then at least you have a cohesion. Yeah. They said all that, and then they fall apart into schoolgirls talking about Adam Page. Even Uno. Oh, he's joining. And like, yeah. Ah. Yeah, the cohesion, and they could have had some legit purpose. Yeah. But now they're still kind of purposeless. Exactly, exactly. Um, so let's see. Uh, we have uh, – this was – they did another package with uh, Brian Cage and uh, Darby Allen, uh, having Excalibur kind of, kind of explaining things in between, like 
uh, you know, the dissension between Taz, which I actually enjoyed this part because it made a little bit, it actually, Excalibur explaining it made more sense than when we watched it unfold because at least he told us what we were supposed to be thinking. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's there were, yeah, because there were times that, the, that this was happening where we were just like, why is this even going on? You know, like we would just tune out. So it was kind of nice to have Excalibur kind of explain the motivations behind each guy. Um, and it, it got us all up, uh, set up for the next thing. Uh, next, we go backstage with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, they're going on. I don't know how many times they said the band is back together in this little like two, two minute part or yeah, minute and a half part. They must, they must have said at least six times. It was just like, wow. Which you know means that they're not. <laughs> Welcome to wrestling. Um, and then, okay, so they go. Kenny Omega sitting there. Don Callis is like, you know, you guys are going to do this, right? You're going to team up. It's going to be the elite now, right? The elite's going to take on um, uh, whoever the fuck these other guys were. But here's the funny part is they're insinuating the elite. And as we've been garnered to believe over the last year that the elite is Omega, the Young Bucks, and uh, was it still Adam Page? I, I think he was. Wasn't he like a late joiner or something like that? Yeah. And who was the other one? Is, was that just the four, five? Well, I guess Cody really wasn't part of the elite. But um, oh. so that's how they're kind of selling it to us at that moment. But then they're pulling the elite later with the switcheroo. Uh, Don Callis says to uh, Kenny, Kenny, these guys deserve their own entrance, which is really bizarrely funny that they send the world champion out first. <laughs> let him do his uh intro but it makes sense it makes sense in the end but it's just dumb that it happens uh so he gets out there has his ridiculous over the top north carolina girls with brooms bullshit entrance which is i it's not really doing anything for me so no. i don't know uh so he gets out there then uh in come the good brothers instead of uh, the young bucks and then they cut to the young bucks in the back who are acting a little miffed as they look at the camera you know, at the video monitor. And you know what? I keep forgetting what Tony Khan looks like. Cause I was, as this was happening, I'm like, who's that goofy guy standing next to me? It took me like a minute or two to get, I don't know why that dude just, I forget his face right after I see him. And that, I don't mean that as an insult. I just totally, every time I see him again, I'm like, Hey, who's that guy? <laughs> you know, and I, when you should know right away. I mean, you don't have that with Vince McMahon. Like who's that old guy walking around funny? No, <laughs> you know what I mean? but uh, so the young bucks, um, it's just kind of slink off. <laughs> so the match gets started. Uh, we have the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega taking on Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., and Danny Limelight. Now, folks, we had Danny Limelight on the show uh, about a month ago. We had a good little interview with him. Uh, really impressed us. And he's been impressing us on, um, uh, what's that show called Dark. that they do? Dark. Dark for the last little while. I got to say, when I saw him on this thing, I thought, oh, okay, obviously the, they're the fodder. This yeah. is all set up. But I got to say, man, limelight of the three of those guys really came off with a lot of potential and talent looking at him, you know, to the point where you almost thought, well, maybe if he'd had two stronger guys with him, more experienced guys, that he they might have been able to squeak out a victory here, you know. Uh, but I enjoyed this match a lot. Uh, in the end, uh, Omega and the Good Brothers uh, take the win. Uh, before we get into the aftermatch stuff, uh, anything about the match itself, guys? Anything still? Nope. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, mm-hmm. I was surprised that uh, uh, Limelight and Griff and Pillman got as much as they did. Mm-hmm. Um, should they maybe have gotten dominated a little bit more? 
I, I think so, just based mm-hmm. on you've got the world well, champion. Who you're fighting. Yeah. Yeah, and who you're fighting. Uh, but hey, if, if they're going to get it, good for them. I thought they all showed well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was good match and you know obviously we knew who was going over so that was no surprise so well and i don't mean this just because you know he was on the show and stuff but if you go back and watch that match closely you're going to notice that when uh the faces are getting in the offense 80 percent of that is limelight yeah and he's the most experienced one out of the three though too right um i you know yeah i i would say so i guess i think he is i mean not on a national scale obviously up just to junior yeah. Pillman Jr. has obviously had more time in the limelight with MLW and some of the appearances here. Uh, Griff Garrison, I don't know a lot about, but uh, yeah, he's definitely he's a, he's a he's a Georgia he's a Georgia guy. Okay, yeah. So he's also rather inexperienced. So yeah, he definitely did have the more experience. But this is what I did like is it's almost like they were giving us a little bit of like, hey, uh, we know that you know that Pillman. What was the name of their group? What was Pillman and? Griff Garrison, what were they called a couple oh, weeks ago? Remember no. they, they gave those guys a name or something? Uh, I can't. Oh, no, Varsity sure. Blondes. Varsity, yeah, I was going to say cheerleaders. Varsity, Varsity, Varsity cheerleaders. I was trying the to Varsity. think. I knew it was. I knew it was like a Pillman uh, Austin thing, you know, like the Hollywood Blondes. I'm like, okay, what was the play on it? Okay, so the Varsity Blondes. Now, um, for me, in some ways, if I'm reading between the lines, was like, for me, they were kind of saying, you know what, this Dan, Danny Limelight guy is a pretty strong singles guy, and he could maybe make it onto the roster and that the other two teams, they're still coming up. They're young. Yep. They've only been together a while. And that's why they got so much little offense. And so I didn't have a problem with them getting squashed at the end. You know what I mean? But uh, I was very surprised that limelight got so much uh, in here because it really did make him look like a very well-seasoned guy. Like he knew how to run with Omega. And, yeah, like uh, a credible threat. Yeah. Uh, the weirdest part though, is just seeing how freakishly big, um, What's the what's the one guy? Uh, Gallows. Gallows. Jesus Christ, that guy is like, he is like massively big. It's like almost scary big how he is, you know. Um, then of course we have the aftermatch thing. Uh, music. John Moxley's music hits. Did you guys think John Moxley was going to run out by himself and jump in the ring like he did? Or did Pretty you expect much. anything? No, I. I it, what to me what happened is what mm-hmm. I expected. I I expected okay. him to kind of be like a, uh, you know, the loner. Mm-hmm. And do his thing because that's kind of how he is, and that you know eventually he you know somebody was going to join him. Did you guys think for a minute? And I was kind of wondering if the young bucks were going to come out behind and take out the good brothers. Well, that's what, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that was, I, I, I kind of liked that. Yeah, yeah. Instead, we had this whole kind of thing with all these people running in. Da da da. Oh wait, I know I skipped something. Tor- the Lucha Brothers came in. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally missed something earlier, which we're going to talk okay. about, which was absolute garbage, but we might as well make fun of it then. Uh, let's finish this off. Um, so this is the part that also got me. It's, we talk about sometimes things, you know, keep it simple. And this wasn't. Is okay, the Young Bucks finally come in, okay? And they're, instead of helping or anything, they're trying to calm down Moxley, okay? Then for some unknown reason, the Lucha Brothers <laughs> super kick them. And once again, I'm thinking, okay, too much, too much going on right now. Yeah. You know, this, this didn't serve well for this moment. You know, uh, what did you guys think overall of that? The whole schmoz, the whole thing at the end. Yeah. A little, it, a little more. It, than it, it, it felt kind of like uh, kind of overbooked, kind of like WCW ending 
Yeah. 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 Guess the 10 different things. Oh, yeah. wait, there, that happened somewhere else too. Is that what you're going to go back to? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, okay. I, I thought I'd missed something really horrible and I realized I didn't. I was just out of order for a sec. Um, and here it is. Perhaps the most groan-inducing, oh. God, oh. get this crap off I, I know where you're going. Uh, the Waiting Room with Britt <laughs> Baker has to be, this made any of the worst Miz segments seem pretty good. Because first of all, nobody on this whole segment had any comfort, any charm, any, anytime you thought Britt Baker was a great smarky heel, she just came off as freaking horrible here. And they even made they even made a rebel look uh, dumb. Like when they when Dumber. they show Dumber. when they show with dumb when they show with that uh, doing that uh, laugh. Yeah, like this whole thing. And then okay, so they bring out Cody, and they're given how many it, stupid insults did it, it was just ridiculous. And he comes out and he's pretending like nothing. And then oh my god, when they said they had another thing. I just looked at my wife and I said, please, please don't make a Jade Cargill. And she's like, who's Jade Cargill? And I said, she is without doubt the worst fucking person you've ever seen ever on AEW. And sure enough, she hauls her mutant body out there. And oh my God, this was painful. Ah. And then they have red velvet. <laughs> red velvet looks like three feet <laughs> oh shorter than her. Yeah. But before you get there, let's talk a sec about Jade Cargill's speaking abilities. Do okay? we have to? Well, that's just it. If you're going to put her on national television, can't you teach her anything about how to do inflection on the mic? Teach her how to enunciate anything or how to how to stress something? Instead, she just came off as just like some somebody who just picked up a thing on the street and was just mm. reading it. <laughs> You know, it came off as so disingenuous, so unfull of any kind of passion. Yeah. Uh, even her threat to Cody about beating <laughs> Brandy's ass was just came off as so horribly flat, so horribly flat. Um, props, though, to Red Velvet for slapping the taste out of her mouth because <laughs> she gave her one hell of a whoop. But then Cargo whooped her ass. Yeah, like she gave it back that. good. Give her credit for that one because that was a gooder. Um, and then, um, only in Bizarro World, to break up this match, every woman that was around the ring came in. Just the women. No officials. Just the women wrestlers all ran in. The ones all in the audience. Because I rec recognized them all singing the stupid Judas song. All come <laughs> running in there with their weird color hairs. Pulling these apart. Um, then something happened on the corner, which I don't know if that was planned or not. If it was planned, it was funny. If it was not, it was funnier. Uh, <laughs> Was when uh, Rebel got knocked down with the door. <laughs> she on. fell on her face. <laughs> I have a feeling that wasn't planned. That was almost like Shockmaster worthy. Yes. I actually rewound it. Like, what the fuck? Did I just see something <laughs> funny? <laughs> it was just in the corner of the screen. Yeah. Um, wow. This whole thing was terrible. And what came out of it? Still nothing. What they did is they dropped the name Shaq. Had Cargill blankly insult something, and nothing really came out of this, unless it's Cargill versus uh, Red Velvet. <laughs> what, we wasted our time for that. But that's then it a, turned that's into, not even a dark match. For but then it, then it went back to with the the Thunder Rosa thing. Yeah, and then they clipped the Thunder Rosa off to Britt Baker. Yeah, and which itself was really dumb because they had this. 
I don't like it when you insert such a poorly video quality thing into a regular show because it comes off as looking really bad. Yeah. And I think it was a disservice for Thunder Rosa. I think they could have yeah. shot that a lot better. Yeah. And then, uh, so I guess we learned something, guys. We learned something very important about AEW tonight mm-hmm. that you can threaten a match, but until the graphic pops up on the screen, <laughs> then yeah, you it's don't have to sign a stone. contract. The graphic yeah. is up. As soon as that Therefore, graphic is up, yeah. Tony says you're fighting. <laughs> no, but Britt Brit said, nope, nope, we're not doing this. Yeah, but didn't you see her lose her mind when it went up, yep. when the graphic went up? It was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's like it was just Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, Thunder Rose is in the back with a <laughs> Thunder Shop doing all the Thunder Shopping her things. Thunder um, that's awesome, Thunder, thunder Shop. <laughs> He's putting half faces on everybody. And anyways, (laughs) uh, so yeah, this to me was by far the worst part of the entire night. And God damn it. Why do the women wrestlers got to be made to look like fools? You know why? Because you got a bunch of women wrestlers. So why the fuck are you using Jade Cargill in this nonsense? I I, not, I just terrible, just terrible. Um, (laughs) I'm going to throw just my own little two cents here because I'm in like 98% agreement with you. Uh, now I, now I, I, because I don't watch dark, I had never seen an episode of the waiting room, mm-hmm. uh, before. So, and you guys know that I like Britt Baker. I like her shtick. Yeah, so do I. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I actually, and I, I use the word shtick. I enjoyed the beginning. I enjoyed the opening. Cause this was to me mm-hmm. like seeing the waiting room to see how she was done up, uh, to see the, the kind of the off cuff remarks and stuff. I actually didn't mind it. Okay. Um, Cody coming out, it it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was what it was. But, yeah, as soon as they said, well, we have another guest, and it was Jay Cargill. Like, <sighs> and, th- and this is something I've talked about before, and, and not just to her, but just, you know, you can say mm-hmm. with, with wrestling, you can say with just about anything. But someone that's, like, all talk, and then, but there's, like, nothing to back up yeah. the talk. We have seen nothing from Jade Cargill. So, nothing. Not you know, even a promo video. No, like for her like to talk about like, you know, who's my opponent? Who cares? And <laughs> exactly. the way you, and you're right, like for the way she speaks, if if they're allowing her to speak uh freely, mm-hmm. they need to stop. Yep. If someone's writing her stuff, they need to stop. Mhm. Because she needs, she needs Vicky Guerrero to fucking talk for her. That's what she needs. She needs someone to talk for her. Yeah. Because when you're like, I'm a badass bitch and then I'm a badass mom. Well, you're badass this and bad. Well, you know what? You're only half right. You're bad. Yep. And you know, like if anything, maybe it's more of a shame on AEW for putting her position in that position. You can't really fault her. I mean, if you're going to be given an opportunity, chances are you're going to take it. So I, I don't even necessarily fault her. Uh, yeah, and then it's like you said, it was like, okay, well, who's gonna come out to face her? Red Velvet, you may as well brought out Hornswoggle, yeah, yeah, you know, and and oh, just so the everything else we've kind of gone over, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rehash stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the waiting room, I, I like, I'm hoping to see it again. I'd like to, again, giving it, you know, giving it a chance, mm-hmm. but uh. Just, just the whole women's thing, and, and yeah, like going into the Thunder Rosa and Brit, like mm-hmm. what, 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 like that's like 
the attention span of like a dog chasing a squirrel. Yep, exactly. And it, it's driving me nuts, man. I got to say this too. Um, you know what? I've seen the waiting room on uh, on uh, right. Dark. And uh, I think the problem, I, and the thing is, I, I, Britt Baker does a way better job on it. Than is that, what they, is that what they had the Karen and Daniels? Yes, I've seen that one and I saw another one before it. Um, she actually just came across tonight like she was so nervous and out of it because maybe she was on dynamite it just it was so she was so unprepared and so delivered her lines so badly tonight that it made me feel like this person doesn't deserve it now the worst part is i've seen her do waiting room and she was pretty good the other time she did it i liked it but tonight was an off night for everybody it just was not good cody was the only person he only because he had a couple lines he was the only person who came off didn't seem like he was an idiot out there that knew what he was doing yeah, and th- and let's let's be clear about one thing. It's not that Red Velvet is a horrible wrestler or anything. No, but she's no. a dark mainstay. So what the hell do we even care that you're going to hurt debut matches against some lower tiered person we rarely see? Who is it, half the size? Yeah, I mean, had it been any of the semi regular girls we see, that would have made some sense. Yeah, but it wasn't worth all this to hype up that it was going to be Red Velvet. Yeah. Okay? So, yeah, that's the problems I had with that. And I just think that whole thing came off pretty bad. Um, now, I read this. Did you guys know this? That did you, did you, uh, Andy, you're an old crusty bastard. You recognized, yes. you must have recognized uh, Jungle Boy's theme song. Yes. Okay. Tony Khan, it was announced last week, paid like a mint to get the rights to use that song. For really? Him. Yep. He paid Very the original, cool. that's the original song. That's not even yep. a remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I can tell. Yeah. So, first of all, how ridiculous is that? <laughs> It's like, it's I like guess. A, sorry, it's, go ahead. It, uh, to me, it's you know they they talk because they said we um, the song that they used for the Brody Lee tribute that he bought the mm-hmm. rights to that, so it's always going to yeah. be there. You know that might be the, the equivalent of like you or I or Elio going on iTunes, going, "Hey, I'm going to buy this song. I'm going to buy this. Song, I'm going to buy this song." And Tony mm-hmm. Khan just like, "Yeah, I'm going to purchase the rights to this song. I'm going to purchase the rights to this song. I'm going to purchase the rights to this song." <laughs> You know, we can the, just have them on our phones. Tony Khan owns it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I found extremely funny about this, too, or just bizarre. Okay, I like the look of Jungle Boy, and I think he's very skilled. He's charismatic. He has a lot going for him, right? But so in a couple of years, he's going to be Jungle Man, and then when he retires, he'll be Jungle Gramps. Like, it seems like a, a name with a small window. <laughs> Kid Rock is always going to be Kid Rock, so Jungle Boy can always be Jungle Boy. Yeah, Kid Rock's only five foot two. He'll always be Kid Rock. <laughs> Kid Rock is five foot two. He's no, like you know six. what I mean. He's like a tiny, little, skinny, goofy, white trash trailer guy. Yeah, but he's, he's always like good. He's six feet. Yeah, but he looks like he's five foot two. He looks like the guy that Elio could go punch in the face. Are you sure you're not confusing him with Josie? No, Kid Rock. I'm not the midget. Yeah. You, no, Kid Rock is a skinny, goofy little. Yeah, he always six. maybe he's six feet tall, but he's a beanpole then. But I'm just saying that what I'm trying to get at here is, unless you're a Mexican wrestler. These kind of names don't fit you as you get older. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just imagine you started, uh, Andy, and you were 21 years old, and you were like, you know, Astro Boy, right? Maybe in 10 years, you ain't Astro Boy no more as you're getting grizzled and older. Astro you know, that's Man. what I'm yeah, Astro Man. Then Astro Gramps, and then Astro Dead, I guess. But I, I just... I just think that the Jungle Boy is such a limiting character for a guy with tons of... Here's the other thing. He's got the talent to be a mainstream wrestler, yeah. in the future it isn't like these guys who come from the indies who they came up with a fancy name that's what they are 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's the problem I have with that. Uh, cute that he has that song. I remember that in high school. Uh, I guess interesting. It's pretty funny that he spent money on a song that's, what, 40 years old? 35 years Maybe old? Maybe it didn't cost very much then. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so we get this match. Uh, Marco Stunt teaming with him to take on FTR. And I got to tell you guys, Marco Stunt should not be slapping around FTR. At all. What the hell is he doing? Walking <laughs> around uh, uh, Dax Harwood. Uh, there, is one, there is one time in this whole match where I went, my first went, yes, that's fucking cool, Marco Stunt. But then I also said, well, we're also not in a circus, so I'm not sure. You're not the Chinese alphabet. You know? It was the move where uh, they went down on their, do you remember this? They kind of fell back, and then Jungle Boy laid on his back. Marco Stunt ran, and then he propelled uh, Marco stunt into a flip onto one of the FTR guys' neck yes. and did a hurricane run off that. Now yes. I'm thinking, okay, that looked cool for a second, but then when I stop and think about it, this isn't the Chinese acrobatic circus. I mean, <laughs> that's cool for an exhibition thing, but there's no way in the world that anyone in the world wouldn't have just grabbed Marco stunt and flung him right out into the audience when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> you know, he's so small. I mean, he's making, we always used to laugh about how the FTR is kind of smaller guys. And yet yeah. they were towering over Marco yeah. Stunt like they were giants. And yet how much uh, offense did Marco Stunt get in this? Like an incredible amount. A lot. Of, you lot, know? Yeah. And all that does in my mind is it doesn't, it doesn't serve a good purpose because one, Marco Stunt is never going to be a main event guy or in any major um, title pictures. Yeah. Yet he just made the tag team champions, the guys everyone thinks are the best tag team in the world, kind of look like chumps that a guy half their size slapped them around for half the match. I don't know. Do you get anything different out of that, Andy? Am I, am I are no. you seeing any different? No, I. It, it was an all right match. Uh, maybe I kind of had my, you know, some extra thick suspension of disbelief goggles on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't mind it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if they're using this as, as a means to like, okay, well, let's just show that Marco Stunt has got something and we can put him with two guys that can make him look good. That's, that's all good and fine. But like you said, at the end of the day, he's, it's not like he's going to be a main event guy or anything. So it, it, maybe it was wasted, wasted time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the FTR did not, even though they took the win here in the end, it didn't make them look good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you sacrificed one of the biggest tag teams to make a guy you're never really going to be able to ever really push. Yeah. At their expense. So that, that for me was a bit like, uh, I would have almost like the way they were kind of talking about the way they were kind of talking about him previously mm -hmm. is I would have rather have seen, you know, like maybe Marco had teamed with Luchasaurus Mm -hmm. and then you just, you know, you see him get the crap kicked out of him. Yep. And then if he makes the hot tag, not to say Luchasaurus gets pinned, although if he gets pinned by the tag team champions, not the end of the world, because it's not like they're doing a lot with him either. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, or it could have been even something where uh, they almost had them, you know, like maybe they do the comeback, FTR cuts them off, uh, then maybe Marco tags himself back in, or, you know, Luchasaurus goes to tag him in, he almost gets them, and then they end up turning the tables on him. Mm-hmm. And to me, that would have been more of a... Like, made more sense story-wise uh for me the most sense of the made story was just to really build up marco stunt is he should have got the shit kicked out of him 
pick up the yeah. sympathy thing. He kept fighting till the end, even though he took a horrendous beating. Yep. But having him slap around continually, and not just once in the beginning, there was lots of pockets of this match where he got a lot of offense yeah. and really did some stuff to these guys. Uh, weird to see Tully do something for a change. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know he had it in him. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's why Elio's got, the, Elio's got the red hat on. Is that tribute to, uh, to Tully? It's, Tully, it's yeah. He's always been a Tully man. Yeah, because you know why uh, we've learned from uh, Chief Atacula even explained it that, you know, uh, some people may play villains, uh, and and they may seem cool, but Tully, just like Elio, uh, is so hated that nobody thinks he's cool. They just hate him anyways. <laughs> no, that's you know, right. Even when he's hanging with cool people yeah. like us. I yeah. Now, as I was uh, in the the uh, the the come down of this horrible uh, women's segment with Britt Baker, I'm thinking, what could possibly save this? There's only one thing that could save this night for me. And that was Tay Conte taking on uh, Serena Deeb for the uh, NWA championship. I thought both these girls really wrestled well. Obviously, yes. d- obviously Deeb is, is head above lots. One of, of the better matches. Yeah. Uh, Conte, though, showing for a girl who's only been wrestling for three years to, to really have a good... I did notice she's like incorporating a lot of her judo stuff, and she is like a, an accomplished judo and uh, yeah. taekwondo uh, competitor. So that really serviced her well. Um, I just thought it was a very good match. Uh, I thought the ending came though rather boom out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted, I would rather have Deep had a few more things to set up that you know, yeah. instead it seemed kind of like a flash, a flash gutter and a move and boom, it was over sort of deal. And I guess maybe that's part of the excitement, but it killed a little momentum, I thought, for Conti that she was building up there, you know. Uh, still pretty good match, enjoyed it a lot. Uh, still want to see more of Deep, and, and I'm hoping that they continue to. Feed her good wrestlers, yeah, and, and develop stuff. And I'm hoping to see more of Conte. Uh, she she showed some stuff. <laughs> she showed some stuff here, and uh, yeah, she's awful her. Anyhow, um, before I get all drooly, <laughs> let's move on to the next match. And another. This will be our main event for the night. And this is definitely um, wow. Another case of I'm I'm not sure who gets served by some of this booking. Um, I'm not such a, a hater as Andy is on Darby Allen. I'm, I mock him all the time with the I like turtles thing, but uh, how could you not with that stupid makeup? But I appreciate Darby for some of his, uh, for, I, I, the fact that you can beat the living crap out of him. He keeps getting up a lot. I can enjoy that. Um, but tonight we finally got to see Brian Cage really live up to the Brian Cage we've heard about. Dominate. The, the Brian Cage we saw that first night he came in on that uh, battle. What was it? Uh, like a Royal Rumble type thing, and he like won it. And... The Casino Royal Rumble Battle yeah, Royal. The, yeah. Yeah, the Casino Battle Royal. Never since that day has he looked that impressive. Uh, tonight he looked very impre- impressive, but it just really started to annoy me that no matter how devastating things he did to Darby, Darby would like kick out at a one count. <laughs> pretty much telling you that Brian Cage may look spectacular, but his moves don't mean shit. But uh, unfortunately, this was the end of this. It's Taz's team now goes like, what, 0-6, 0-7 in matchups with this. And uh, basically these four guys are, you know, Taz and this, this powerhouse awesome wrestler this charismatic, uh, good technical wrestler, and this up-and-coming power guy are not good enough to take on a skinny little 165-pound skateboarder. And it's just, 
what, what credibility can Team Taz have anymore? I, I, it's just they're going down the shitter H and every time I see them. Brian Cage threw on this great performance that negates at the end of all of this because at the end, uh, what did you say? How did you say? I put it, Andy. How, how, he lost by a second rope move from out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I can't remember how you described that at the beginning. I, You're just like, oh, I can't believe he lost to that. So do you want to talk anything about this match? I mean, I haven't really said about anything that happened in the match. It's just, I mean, I was impressive cage throwing um, Darby over into the table. Oh, that was awesome. That <laughs> yeah, was so great. Yeah. yeah, that I bet you he's good at lawn darts. <laughs> uh, he is a lawn dart. <laughs> um, question here. How long is how long has Darby Allen been champ now? Oh, just oh. Um, n- not that long. I mean, he's only been it's been like two months, maybe two months. If you, did you month catch when they said tonight was his first title defense? Yes. Yes. He has not defended that title at all. Wow. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, if someone tells Brock Lesnar that, I bet you he'd be like, damn, how'd he do that? How do I get that contract? Yeah, like, <laughs> this is your face of TNT. And he likes time. turtles. Man. Um, uh, and and I, I, I don't want to turn this into... Bashing of Darby, but... Bashing of Darby and a, a big man versus little man thing. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, one thing, and again, because it's been so long since we've seen him, like, think in a singles match, his whole sitting in the corner thing mm-hmm. at the start, dude, you were five foot seven, you're 160 pounds. You don't need to look any smaller, especially yeah. when the guy across from you is 270 pounds and six foot three or whatever he is. I thought that was, I think that to me, that's a horrible Bad thing. Bad visual. Um, I know Raven used to do it in W or in ECW. Uh, you know what? But nine times out of ten, he was a heel. He was a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. I would have loved, loved yeah. to have seen Brian Cage rush across and just like knee to the face, like for him, like sitting like that. I thought that would have been great. Yeah. Um, yeah. A dominant performance by Brian Cage, as it should have been. But because of that, though, and, and we can talk about the resiliency of Darby Allen and, and whatnot, but, you know, as you kind of mentioned earlier, he's doing all these things to me. Power bombs him onto the, the stage or the, the ramp or whatever. He lawn darts him onto the table with precision. Uh, so much devastating stuff. And I'm sorry, like, I understand the concept of sneaking a, a win out of nowhere but for for mm-hmm. him to roll him up that quickly when he to me he he doesn't have the small guy cred of a Rey Mysterio no Rey Mysterio see, does it you there's there's more believability in it mm-hmm. but Darby mm-hmm. Allen doing it uh I, I felt I felt bad for for Brian Cage and it's just I it just would have been great it, it's like, it would have been great to see Brian Cage win the TNT title. I would have loved to have seen that tonight. Well, one thing I want to say here is too is um, uh, the coffin drop, right? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a move that's sort of based on like uh, the reality and physics of it, right? Like, okay, he's thrusting himself back. Yes, he can't see, which is the cool part. But basically, you know, he's throwing all his weight down on a guy, right? So it's almost, you can almost buy that as, oh, that's kind of a cool finisher, right? But doing it from such a low level when he jumped off the top rope and Cage was laying on the stairs, 
I mean, what did he fall three feet? <laughs> We're supposed to buy that killed page, like, like Gage, uh, or Cage? Holy man, how many names have I given this guy? Um, to me, it just came across as like, yeah, that's just phony looking. You know, he fell three feet, and Brian Cage got wiped out. Yeah. What? No. Um, yeah, this. Uh, I, I'm not so down. I get why. You know what? He feeds to the exact demographic. We make fun of the face of all of us all the time, but let's face it. He is feeding into the key demographic that AEW wins constantly, that 18 to 25 category. He's exactly what they want. So unfortunately, yeah, we can mock it, but I guess that is the face of TNT when you are that age and you, you know, have the disposable income. That's what they're looking for. Um, but yeah, I just the whole thing that makes me sad is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on the guy. I mean, he works hard. He does his things. There's some things we have obviously jokes about, and some things we have problems yeah. with. Yeah. My biggest problem out of this all is that you've kind of made three really good potential wrestlers look really shitty, and that's the biggest uh, shame out of this. And unfortunately, this seems to be a bit of a trend. We're we're seeing um, we're seeing you know uh, just other wrestlers on the card, like FTR. Uh, yeah. made to look bad we're seeing other guys being sacrificed for guys who don't have the credibility yep. to make it seem work if if uh darby allen honestly if he was 50 pounds heavier 60 pounds heavier i could buy into more that he could take a victory yeah you know or that brian cage hurt himself so bad explosively attacking and, and fucking up and then you get the surprise roll up. Yes. I can buy that. Yes, 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 yes. But I don't buy that. He dominated 80% of this match and then had, you know, one little slip up on the rope and then he's done. Yeah. Cause basically that tells me one Brian cage, obviously as cool as his looks are, they're very ineffective and don't hurt much. And two, he may be big and strong, but really he's pretty weak. If he can get taken out with one, one quick move and a roll up, tells yeah. me that he's all just nothing and that shouldn't be because brian cage look at that dude yeah yep. he can't speak worth crap but he looks like a champion yep so uh all in all you know what um i'm gonna say that day two was on par maybe a tiny bit better than day one because I felt they, I mean, I'm not of the opinion. Uh, it seems like none of us were of the opinion that uh, Omega Phoenix was like the, the all-time classic. Because after we talked about it, and I still believe the same thing, uh, I go online the next day and all these people are saying, it was the greatest AEW match in history. And, and I'm like, uh, what? We've seen better matches than that. We've talked about better matches than that. It's just yeah. good. It wasn't the greatest match yeah. of all time. So guys, if we're going to report card this one today, where are we going to go with this one? And uh, we'll start off with Andy this week. Uh, I'm going C. C? Okay. Yep. Uh, yes, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, C as well because it, it didn't, uh, it, this one uh, moved uh, along pretty uh, smoothly. It clicked uh, a lot uh, faster than last it week. It did, yeah. Better than last week. Okay, so what are you going to give it? Uh, so I'm going to go with C on this one. Okay, I didn't hear you because, like I said, my, uh, yeah, my screen clicked off. C. That's why I was saying I couldn't hear you. So C, and you went with a C or C minus, Andy. C, you said? C? Yep, C. I'm going to give it uh, a B minus just for the fact that I felt it moved along 
a lot faster. I didn't really feel like I was like, oh, except there were times last week where I went, oh, you know, yeah. um, there were some good things. There were some terrible things. And then there was the awesomeness that is Tay Conte. So I'm going to give and it there a There was months. no audio issues today. Uh, yeah. No audio Yes, issues. there was no audio issues, which is nice. There also was no backstage interviews, did you? except for the one promo where they did uh, the, um, and they obviously yeah. taped that earlier, the Matt Hardy thing. Yeah. Well, the Young Bucks yeah. one was like the backstage Nothing one. else was. Oh, yeah, I guess that was too. They yeah. must have taped all those ahead of time, though, because I think that's yeah. the smartest way to do that. We found you can't, they don't have, the, they don't seem to be able to have the, the gumption. A uh, lot less swearing this week, too, and no yeah. ridiculous use of the buzzer. Yeah. So. Now, before we go, uh, I wanted to uh, bring up something that we joked about and laughed about uh, this week on, um, well, today, actually, on our crew page. Um, Rick Serrano III had posted a, uh, a comment by WWE wrestler, uh, was it T-Bar? Is that what he calls himself? Yeah. Yeah, T-Bar. Yep. Yeah. And, and T-Bar made this comment that he saw something like a prepubescent virgin referring to Sammy Guevara, using a finishing hold that he stole off him. And then Sammy Guevara with the comeback saying, well, you stole it off so-and-so originally, and I thought I would show it because at least you'll see me on TV and enjoy catering. <laughs> Which, <laughs> no. <laughs> when, you, when you guys, first of all, Andy, when you saw that, this exchange, what, what popped in your head? Uh. I just it's a, like that. It was just a groan, like for saying, "Oh yeah, you you stole my finish." Like, what? <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah, no. I you know, to me, I don't even want to give it that much attention. It's just that was just, I don't know. I, I think it was yeah. What do you think, uh, Elio? Yeah, no, I was trying. I was trying to figure out like uh, we what's going on here with. Uh, but that, um, yeah, just, no. Well, I think the problem I have with this is you see in wrestling, right? Like, everyone, everybody everyone steals bro, everybody. Yeah, move. I was just going to say, everyone yeah. steals everyone's uh, yeah. finisher or move or whatever. And, and the only person who I think has a legitimate uh, uh, soapbox to stand on to say anything is if you are a major main eventer. If you're stone cold, you can call someone out for the stunner. Yeah. If you're the undertaker, you can call someone out for the tombstone pile driver. Or if you're Bray Wyatt, you can call someone out for the crab walk. But other than that, really in yeah. this day and age, uh, you can't call out anybody for anything. I mean, uh, you don't, hey, Andy, God damn it, man, you used a headlock. That's my <laughs> move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Andy, you used an Irish whip and you're not even Irish. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> don't even get me Pretty started much. on the Irish whip. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, just made, first of all, it made old uh, T-Bag, which actually I always call him that. <clears throat> and so does Sammy Guevara now. Uh, it made T-Bag look petty and dumb. Yeah. And uh, for once, uh, Sammy Guevara didn't look like an idiot. He actually looked like the more witty out of the two in this uh, exchange. Uh Fans, don't buy into this kind of stuff. Yeah, first of all, look, are... look, who's, look, look who's calling Sammy Guevara out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, I'm sure if we went in the last six weeks, or even eight weeks, and counted how much screen time T-Bags had versus Sammy Guevara, 
I'm going to, you're, you're right to call the catering bit because that's where yes. T-Bar has been hanging. Um, I don't know if that's just a desperate attempt for uh, attention. Is, is that why he did this? Yeah, who knows? Well, no, we won't know, but it's just dumb stuff. And I just, it makes me laugh that people can be that petty because I'm sorry, there's only X amount of wrestling moves and there, I guarantee you, probably like 30 times as many wrestlers as there are actual moves yeah. or, or holds. So it's, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some overlap <laughs> as these yeah. things happen. So, you know what, guys? Uh, interesting uh, night. Any last things you guys want to throw out before we head off? Nope. Uh, nope. No. No. Sounds good to me. Folks, we've had a really good time. Uh, we uh, got to watch, uh, we're going to say, uh, you know, an okay uh, AEW. Um, I'm going to watch tomorrow NXT and let's hope it doesn't squish, uh, uh, you know, dynamite for the second week in a row. That would be terrible, but, uh, we still have our hopes up. We're not giving up. We're not trying to be too overly, uh, critical. I mean, I really did try and go into the Marco stunt match with like trying to be more open-minded, but even I can be pushed too far with the credibility of what I'm seeing. So, so, folks, enjoy wrestling. Check out a lot of their shows. Uh, check out Andy Anderson. He, this guy likes to lift shit. Go, go on his YouTube Yeah, but stuff. the gyms aren't open right now, so I'm not posting anything. Yeah, but you got your old stuff. I mean, how much? Yeah, I, I did see, see, see you tip that giant tire over. The 900-pound tire? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, wait, how? How? <laughs> and didn't we see you knock over a continent once? Oh, <laughs> Anyhow, you, you probably got a ton of stuff, though, on YouTube, right? Uh, no, most of the stuff I do on no my most of my trading stuff I don't do on YouTube. Maybe oh, you I don't? should. No. So where do the fans find this stuff? Uh, when I post it on Instagram. So they have to go. It's all on. Or is it just stories, or can they go back and find? All no, the a lot things? of it is if you go through, you can you can see. I guess you can go back and look at all the previous posts and stuff. All right, so there you are, all you creepy wrestling fans. If you want to get in some weird creeping on Andy Anderson, there send him go. some uh, bizarre pictures in return. No, don't send. Please him do not. Pictures. Please do not. <laughs> it's. I've been through this. Do not send us creepy pictures. Okay, we will never answer you again if we just see the first time. So, folks, uh, have a great night. Uh, Elio, say goodnight to the good people, you traitorous cur. <laughs> we'll talk to you all next week.